Welcome. Welcome to The Porch. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics, examining the Word of God, focusing on the Book of Acts Church, seeing how the early church served the Lord. Porch Online's Bible study is always taking a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God. Our desire has always been to find and restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We dig deeper into Scripture. We find the church the Lord intended, not the one man created. The church age is not over, and what happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. If you know that there's more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus, and you want more, then join us on this journey as we get back to basics. If you have any questions, visit firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or write us directly at the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support what we do, and we hope that you will, go to firefalltalkradio.com. There are ways to do so. If you have any questions, just reach out to us, and we'll be glad to answer them. We appreciate your support and encouragement, and prayers, and welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Thank you for being a part of the porch. You know what? I want to praise him. Praise him for another year on this earth. Thank you for the birthday blessings to everyone that sent them. If you want prayer, you need prayer, then you write us, you let us know, contact us either at the website or on social media. Remember, we care about you. Make sure you Subscribe to us wherever you listen, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. One praise report, and we're going to finish with prayer at the end, since we're talking about a life of prayer. Stacy in Texas wanted to share that her daughter Emma, daughter Emma is being baptized tonight, so praise God for that. Father, we come to you in the name above all names, and we declare and decree that we are under your covering and the promises of your word. Nothing the enemy desires, nothing this world desires matters. It's only what you desire. So we pray your hedge of protection upon us, around us, upon the technology, our homes, our families, our pets, and our possessions. We break every curse, every hex, every incantation and assignment that the enemy would send our way and declare and decree we have been bought by the blood, debts paid, and we serve a mighty God. So we clear our minds. We pray that you would touch us in heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, that, Holy Spirit, you would have your way, that you would do as you will this night in Yeshua's name. If you agree, say amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Matthew 6, starting with verse 5. 
And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Prayer is one of the activities that make us unique amongst all God's creatures. Hold on a second here. I need something. Hang in there. Sorry about that. I had to get my prayer shawl. Suddenly felt the urge to get underneath it. Now if I can get my headset back on. Is that it? Nope, that's not it. There it is. Uh, I'd say talk amongst yourselves, but that'd be a little difficult. All right, here we go. We're unique. As far as we know, animals don't pray, but I believe they're somehow in connection with their creator. But we're different. We can pray. We can speak to him. We can hear from him. In fact, prayer is the highest level of human spiritual activity. Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. O oh, give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him alone, who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. To the moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn and brought out Israel from among them, with a strong hand, with an outstretched arm, to him who divided the Red Sea in two and made Israel pass through the midst of it, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness, to him who struck down great kings and slew famous kings, his mercy endures forever. I'll stop it there. It keeps going on for a little while, but oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, 
for his mercy endures forever. We live in a fallen world, a world under the rule of Hasatan and the fallen. Someday that won't be the case, but right now, though we have spiritual authority, we don't have physical authority, and we're in bodies that until we get our new ones, have got issues. Psalm 4, verse 1. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. thing about prayer is that it's in times of great joy or times of great distress, people will pray. The Hebrew verb palal means to pray or to intercede. It comes from the root meaning of intervening or interposing. One who prays imposes himself or herself between God and some other thing, some condition or person. The Bible assumes that people will pray to God since they are dependent upon him for everything. The power of prayer changes not only the world, but the person praying. It touches not only the supplicant, but also the very heart of God. We see that in Acts 13.22. When they're talking about Samuel removing Saul and replacing him with King David, it says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will, which traces back to 1 Samuel 13.14. A man after my own heart, conforming to my will and purposes, who will do all of my will, who will carry out my program fully. A man who sought God's heart. He was flawed. He had issues. Um, But his heart sought after God. And he passed that on to his son. We see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Verses 8 through 11, when Solomon has prayed, he's built the temple. And at that time, Solomon kept the feast seven days and all of Israel with him. A very great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, they held the sacred assembly, for they observed the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. On the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent people away to their tents, joyful, and glad of heart for the good that the Lord had done for David, for Solomon, and for his people Israel. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. David passed on to Solomon that heart issue to do something great for God. And God answers in Second Chronicles 7, starting with verse 13. You, we hear this section of Scripture quoted a lot. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence upon my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. 
Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place, meaning that temple. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. We're that house. We are that temple. So when he sends something that is not good to get our attention, to chastise, maybe even punish, if we turn and cry out to him in humility and through prayer seek his face, turning from the things that we did before, the wickedness, he will hear from heaven and not only forgive our sin but heal our land. Through prayer, people who are called by the Lord's name can move God as their Father to hear them, to forgive them, and heal them and also heal their land. Brothers and sisters, we need that in America right now, but unfortunately, people want the healing. They don't want the repentance. They don't want the turning away from the things that got us to where we are. Because prayer must be accompanied by humility, a serious search for God, and a genuine rejection of evil. Only if these attitudes and actions are present will prayer be heard, because he looks at our heart. And only when this kind of attitude accompanies prayer will it be effective. See, Hannah prayed to have a child, and God heard her in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Hannah was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look out in the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and do not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Later on in verse 19 of chapter 1, Samuel is born, and he's dedicated. God heard her prayer. He heard her heart. In captivity in Babylon, Israel prayed and prayed and prayed all those years. And then finally in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, For thus says the Lord, After seventy years are completed at Babylon, Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole, with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I'll gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place which I cause you to be carried away captive. He brought them back to Israel. He's answered their prayers. He's answering ours. We've been in captivity. We've been in bondage. We've been imprisoned. But when you cry out for him, to him from your heart, he answers you. And we're in a better position than the Old Testament people were. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the cross. They didn't have the blood. 
But you see, James makes it very clear that our prayers must be accompanied by faith in God. James chapter 1, starting verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man or woman suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Our stability comes from knowing who he is, believing in who he is. That no matter what the trials are, no matter what the events are, no matter what is happening, knowing that he's in control. And we must believe in the Almighty God, our Abba Father, who we are petitioning. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists, that he is, and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Where are you right now in your walk? Where are you in what's going on in your life? Are you earnestly and diligently seeking him? We've given Elijah's prayer for rain as a model of great faith in James chapter 5. And before I read it to you what it says, remember, yes, Elijah was a very powerful prophet. But he was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. He knew. He knew who he was. But more than that, he knew who he served. Yeshua took the time to teach his disciples to pray. And like in Luke 18.1, that man always ought to pray and not lose heart. Prayer is a precious gift from God, a gift that we should not ignore, a gift that we should not take for granted. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible says a classic definition of Christian prayer is offering up our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Messiah with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We've been set free of the curse of sin and death, but we still make mistakes. We still need to take the time from our heart and say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me anything I've done that has displeased you. Forgive me anything I've done that has given the enemy access to me or given them any ground. We seal it in the blood. We cover it up and we take away any authority that they have. You see, with prayer, we can enter God's presence with thanks and humility. 
knowing that he promises to hear us and to answer. Remember in Acts 12, Peter is put in prison and is kept in prison. But constant prayer, Acts 12, verse 5, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church, by the people, not a building. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. means he was connected by chains to the soldiers. And there were guards before the doors that were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself, tie tie on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And then they went out and went down one street And immediately the angel departed from him. They were praying. What's funny was they were praying and then he shows up and they don't want to open the door and they don't believe Rhoda and it it just gets real crazy. But they were praying. Brothers and sisters, pray. Pray. Right now, pray. Whatever comes to mind, pray for. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Remember last week? Rejoice always, and delight in your faith. Be increasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Messiah Yeshua. We're commanded to always pray for everything and about everything. Prayer is the lifeline to the throne room. We're connected to the throne room of heaven by our relationship with the Lord, to the creator of the universe, to our Father, through the Holy Spirit. Prayer is our connection to the heart and mind of God, interaction based upon relationship and not ritual. And that relationship is based upon love and not compulsion. Remember, Holman Bible Dictionary says, Prayer is dialogue between God and people, especially his covenant partners. Are you a covenant partner? You are. Because when you made Yeshua Lord of your life, that new covenant became yours, giving you direct access to him in the throne room. See, in the, in the Bible, prayer is used in both a simpler and a more complex, a narrow and a wide. It's, it's, it encompasses everything. It's supplication for the benefits either to yourself or to someone else. For you, it's a petition. For someone else, it's intercession. It can be an act of worship, which covers all attitudes of the soul, your soul, and your approach to God. Supplication that the heart of it springs from a need or a belief that God is a rewarder of them 
that diligently seek him. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, that petitioner, you, me, we become worshipers. Prayer keeps you strong and prepared for anything. You must believe. Believers are to make prayer a way of life and turn their whole life into prayer, not simply for themselves, but for all believers everywhere, all of God's children, all of God's family. See, in the Old Testament, the Jews would pray multiple times a day and give three hours for prayer at a time. Psalm 55, verses 16 and 17, But as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Psalm 55, verse 22, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Now, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're struggling with this concept. But I want to remind you of something. It's Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16. For we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted, as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praying always. General prayers, specific prayers, petitions, whatever it is. If you claim to be a believer and a follower and a child of God, then pray with perseverance and patience. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Messiah Yeshua. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't be anxious or worried, but in everything, every circumstance, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. And the peace, that supernatural peace that reassures the heart and transcends all understanding, makes no sense in the natural. That peace stands guard over your hearts and your minds because the Messiah Yeshua is yours. See, prayer was a central role in the activity of the church. We see it throughout the book of Acts. The, chair, the church was born in prayer in the upper room, Acts one fourteen, And they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Yeshua, and with his brothers. And by the way, if you're taking notes, go to Acts one fourteen and write this. This is the last time Mary is ever mentioned again. Not by John, 
who Jesus has given him the responsibility of marrying, not by James, her son, Yeshua's half-brother. She's never mentioned again. And maybe she died. I don't know. I don't think so. But here's what I think. I think that any denomination that deifies her and raises up her to a position of godhood has made a serious spiritual error. Because if that were the case, John or James or Paul or Peter would have said so. Prayer grew the church in Acts chapter 2, verse 40 through 47. After Peter exhorts them and testifies and says, Be saved from this perverse generation. Those who had gladly received his words were baptized. And that day 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, that's communion, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Prayer, through the power of the Holy Spirit, made the church explode. Later on in Acts chapter 4, after Peter and John had been arrested for healing the man at the gate beautiful, they get set free. And they go back to where the brothers and sisters of the church are praying. For truly against your holy servant they begin to pray, whom you anointed. Both Herod and Punctus Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Yeshua. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Everywhere you look, from the book of Acts to the apostolic leadership, all the way throughout the Mediterranean world, to the beginning of the second century, prayer was the central activity and unifying feature of the community of believers. You see, our approach to prayer as we go to God is we're not searching for God. We know who he is. We know where he is. But it's reaching to his heart through the covenant promises, through the connection of Yeshua, the covenant relationship that gives you access to him to pray. And to the early church, prayer was both sacrifice and obedience. 
Now, while it's commonly understood that it's some form of request, in the, in the New Testament, it overlapped everything they did. Whether it was petition, whether it was worship, whether it was thanksgiving or even conversation. Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible says prayer is the is addressing and petitioning of God. All religions have it, but not like us. Prayer is the end product of a long process of change and development in God's relationship to us. Paul's ministry began in prayer and began a life of prayer, and also it ended in prayer just before he was martyred. His entire ministry grounded and developed from prayer. And it's all he ever talked about. Isn't that amazing? That from the time that Stephen was martyred, by the way, if you remember, he's standing there holding the clothes of the men who are throwing the stones. Acts chapter 7, Stephen witnesses to them, reads them the riot act, reads their mail, and when they've heard these things, they were cut to the heart and gnashed their teeth, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed up towards heaven. He saw the glory of God and Yeshua standing at the right hand of God. Now, when the king stands, folks, he's about to do something, issue an edict or go to war. And he says, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And that just drove them crazy. They cried out with a loud voice, stopped up their ears, and they ran at him in unison in one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Adonai Yeshua received my spirit. And they, he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he said this, he fell asleep, which means he died. Paul admits this later on in Acts 22, what he had done. And how Ananias, a devout man, having a good testimony, came and prayed over him, and he received his sight. And the Lord began to speak to him and told him, get out of Jerusalem. And he sent him to the Gentiles. Another major moment of prayer in Paul's life, a great story that I, I love, is Acts 16. When he and Silas are in jail. They've been imprisoned. And what are they doing? They're praying and singing hymns to God. Acts 16, verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's changed, chains were loosed. Not change. I don't think they had any change. They had chains, though. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open and supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. 
And then he called for a light. This is the uh, warden. And ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on Adonai Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and immediately all he and his family were baptized. So he brought them back to his house, set food before them, and rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. That began at midnight, Paul and Silas in chains, praising God and singing hymns, prayer and praise in every bad situation. The biblical portrayal of our Heavenly Father is not one who has set up a mechanical universe in motion, but of one who knows the end from the beginning and who upholds all things by his power, works these things according to his own will. Isaiah 46, starting verse 9, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Luke one thirty seven. for with God nothing will be impossible. Amid the distractions of all the activities in our life, we must let nothing intrude upon our prayer time. I've learned this the hard way in ministry. The enemy, Hasatan and the fallen, will keep you as busy as they possibly can as long as you're so busy you don't have time to pray. you got to keep your prayer time with all diligence. you got to learn to say no or not now. I need to spend some time with the Lord. I need to spend some time in prayer. Are you dealing with a temptation? Spend time in prayer. Prayer is a key in the hand of faith to unlock God's treasures. A family without prayer is a house without a roof. It's exposed every wind that blows and every storm that rages. Prayer will compel a man to leave the things that are causing him to sin. He'll let them go. Or sin will make him leave prayer. Our life begins within. Remember, we live an inside-out life. But the spirit of prayer can affect that, can help you with that. Prayer is not hard work, it's heart work. It has to come from your heart. You must believe, and you must do it in love. Rhetoric cannot pray, ritual cannot pray, faith prays, even when there are no words. Romans 8, 
Verse 26, 27, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses, for we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought, but the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is. Because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. Holy Spirit, right now on behalf of myself and my brothers and sisters, intercede, plead for us in whatever area of our life is an immediate need. If you need a miracle, believe, receive. Holy Spirit, speak it. Intercede for us. But you can't make a show out of this. I've seen people make a show out of prayer. The Lord said in Matthew 6 to the Pharisees and to the people, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't heap up phrases and multiply words, repeating the same ones over and over as the pagans do, because they think they'll be heard because of all the speaking they're doing. Your Father knows what you need before you ask. A.W. Tozer said that even the most devout seem to think they must storm heaven with loud outcries and mighty bellowings or their prayers are of no avail. Have you been in those church services? I have. God is not manipulated by endless repetition. The Lord's Prayer is a model of simplicity for you to follow, to you, for you to model your prayers after in contrast with pagan wordiness or mystical implications, incantations, or rituals. Matthew twenty three fourteen, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. From the motives for praying, Yeshua offered the methods and the intent of praying, the heart of the matter. When I was growing up, we had something in the Roman Catholic tradition called rosary beads. I had them. They give them to you in, in grade school. And it's refers to a string of beads, and the, the prayer is said upon each bead, and you go round and round and round we go. Where we stop, no one knows. And you recite specific prayers corresponding with a bead or a string. It, by the way, that traces back to Mesopotamia and Babylon. It began in the 3rd and 4th century. It has no biblical source or reference and in my opinion, steals the intimacy of the event. It wasn't what the Lord intended. If the Spirit is in it, you don't need man-made traditions to get it right. The Spirit does it. 
it's better to pray with a heart without the words or words than words that have no heart. Pray not only in the name of the Lord, but in the faith of him. First Timothy 2, verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that petition, specific requests, prayers, intercessions, prayers for others, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all people, for kings and all who are in positions of high authority, so that you may live a peaceful life, a quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This kind of praying is good and acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, excuse me. who wishes that all people be saved and to come to the knowledge and recognition of the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Messiah, Yeshua. There's no one else, just him, who gave himself as a ransom, a substitutionary sacrifice to atone for all. And the testimony given at the right time and the proper time, and for this matter I was appointed a preacher, Paul says, and an apostle, I am telling you the truth. I am not lying when I say this, a teacher of Gentiles in faith and truth. He's calling you to pray. Oh, yes, he was writing to Timothy, but he's calling us to pray. The gift of prayer may have praise from men, but the grace of the power of prayer comes from God. So Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I save the prayers for the end. I'm praying right now for you and for everybody else and for me divine wholeness, health and healing, getting back to our divine design, not what we've done to our bodies, not what our ancestry passed down to us in our programming, but to get back to what God intended for us. So I'm praying for all who are injured or sick right now in any capacity, in any way, shape, or form. I'm praying in the name of Yeshua for protection, for the things of this world, for the evil, both natural and supernatural. I'm praying for inspiration, to be inspired, filled with the Spirit. I still pray for the remnant to wake up, to rise up and answer the call to action. I pray for those who are called to bless and been blessed to be a blessing. I pray for the doors to open to each and each one of us that have been closed to us, long as it's a door the Lord wants open, so that we can prosper in accordance with his word, that the open conduit of his blessings to fund kingdom business, dreams, visions, missions, whatever they are, And I always pray for our lost family members. I've got some specific prayers to offer up. 
asking you to pray for my son, Chris. He's out in Los Angeles pursuing his acting career, and it's a tough place to be. So it's an unspoken prayer request. He's going through a tough time right now. Remember him. Lift him up. Pray for my daughter-in-law, Aubrey. We're expecting a new grandchild on the way. Any moment. So let it be his will, the timing, the manner. Pray protection over her and the new member of our family. I'm going to ask for prayer for my cousin Robert. I think I may have mentioned this, but months ago I was trying to find out what my birth father, who had walked out when I was six or seven, I think I was almost seven at that point, finding out what his health issues were. And I reconnected with some members of that family for the first time in 60 years and connected with a cousin that I did not know. I knew of him, but I did not know him. And we've become close, and I am blessed to have gotten to know him and getting to know him better. Robert took a slip and a fall, hit his head, and hurt himself pretty badly. He's home, spent some time in the ER. So I'm praying right now and asking you to join with me for expedited healing. No pain, no headaches for the tissue to all come together cleanly and for the doctors to be amazed at how quickly he's healed. Keep me in your prayers dealing with some back and hip issues. I will say this about getting older. It's not for the faint of heart. There's a reason I want the dew of my youth and the divine design back. Seeing an orthopedic next week to find out what the next step is. But if God wants to heal me, that would be great. I've mentioned a man on this um, the Bible studies named Johnny Probst. He heads a ministry out in Hollywood called Media Focus. Gets no glory. Doesn't rake in the big bucks. He and his wife minister to people at the studios and the offices in the coffee shops, and he's been doing it for a very long time. I met him. I was going out to California to, to try to get some scripts produced and reached out. I wrote him, told him who I was, and without knowing me, he invited me to stay at his house with him and his wife, Patty, and their, at that time their daughters. Well, today, sometime today, he had three stents put in his heart, and what's usually a pretty easy surgery, and I have not heard how it went, his heart muscles are a little weaker than normal from a prior open heart surgery. So pray that Johnny is healed, that the stents work properly, and he can get back to kingdom business. A member of SRT who has uh, come full circle needs a vehicle. So pray that Jay gets a new vehicle to do his job and to be able to do everything he needs. Pray for the porch community, each and every one of you. Some of you I know by name. I've got your names. I've got emails, either from you writing me or from the, the offerings through the various places. And you, even if I haven't heard from you in a while, I pray for you. I pray for your 
spouses, your partners, your children, your pets, if I know about them. So pray for the Porch community. Pray for them to be what God wants them to be, for them to have what the Lord wants them to have, because they're needed. Each and every one of you are needed. Pray for Firefall and SRT and the Porch Provision, blessing, protection. There's so much to be done. Let's pray for health and healing for one another. What do you need right now? Whatever your area of need, put your hand upon it. Father, in the name of Yeshua, to each and every one of us who are touching an area of need, we pray right now that your spirit would move. Undo anything that this world of the enemy has done. Heal the tissue. Heal the areas. Bring divinely empowered blood into those areas. We bind the spirit of infirmity. We break every curse, every hex, every incantation and assignment. Declare and decree them null and void. And we loose the promises of your word upon those needs in Yeshua's name. Amen. I pray for marriage and relationships. If you have an unsaved partner and you're struggling with them, not walking with the Lord, let's pray. Father, you know every person listening who has a husband, a wife, a son or a daughter, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whoever they are that may not be born again, visit them in dreams and visions. Send angels to them. We pray them into your kingdom. We pray that they would be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of your Son. We bind the enemy from holding them back and any hooks or chains or things that have got them bound, we call for them to be broken, for prison doors to fly open, and for the next weeks filled with testimonies of new salvations. Maybe you knew the Lord. Maybe you walked very closely with Him at one time, and the cares of this world or the distractions or whatever has caused you to lose your way. I pray restoration for you. I pray that you be restored, that you be renewed, that he draws you back to him and bathes you in his glory and sets you free of all the condemnation and recriminations and all the things you've said about yourself or others have said about you, that you get back the joy of your salvation, the joy of your walk with the Lord, that you be filled with a smile on your face and a hop in your step, empowered by the Spirit, with the word for someone, for, with the prayer, the ability to lay hands on the sick and they would recover, revelation, knowledge, words of wisdom, whatever the gifts and fruit of the Spirit are, that they would manifest once again through you to a world that so desperately needs it. We thank you, Lord, 
We thank you for hearing us. We thank you for considering us. We thank you for allowing us to walk with you and to be on this journey. Let us glorify you. Let us show the world the reality of Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, God's only begotten Son. We pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.